Hey there, from the Westlaw Pirates, and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports, with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above, as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Scuzz. Woo, pig suey ska- Oh, wait. Wait, nope, nope. Nope. Nope, that's not right. Not, not anymore. Uh, Bielema's, I guess, you know, learning how to spell with I's and L's. And maybe an N or so. A lot of, lot of, lot of L's. A lot of L's, yes. Uh, he did graduate from Iowa. Are we sure he can spell? Uh, no, no. And, you know, we'll, I guess we'll have to figure out how many L's are in Bielema. After all, <laughs> <laughs> he, he is pretty good at coaching football. So this is going to be an interesting experiment. That is true. Uh, so Illinois, uh, we finish off the season. Uh, we finish off our summer previews with a look at the Illinois fighting Illini uh, coming off a two and six season last year. Lovey Smith shown the door. Um, Glor- a glorious two and six campaign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in comes Brett Bielema. Um, and, you know, Honestly, I, 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 we talked about it at the time. I think it's a good hire for Illinois. I, I you know, don't love it because it makes them potentially interesting. Um, and I'm much more of a fan of Illinois not being interesting. Uh, but um, first year, uh, first year in Champaign, how much of a cupboard does he have to work with, John, defensively? <laughs> I. I don't know what he's got on the offensive side of the ball. I know I know what he's got on the defensive side of the ball, though. Um, so let's get at it this way. Remember when Andrew Marty and Coco Azima plowed over the top of Illinois to end 2019? Just know that was the best Illinois defense of the Lovey Smith era. Thanks to a run of turnover luck, the likes of which you will never see again. And we had a lot of great fun outlining how that luck was going to be basically impossible to replicate in 2020. And guess what? It didn't replicate in 2020. Last year was a pretty lousy year, top to bottom defensively for the conference. And this is something I've said multiple times. If you've been listening to all of our previews, you know this by now. Um, you got teams like Michigan State and Michigan that are you know, historically great on defense, dipping down into the dregs uh, of the conference in concerning ways. You've got Ohio State with by far the worst pass defense in the conference. But amidst all of this upheaval, one constant remained. No one was worse on defense than the good old Illinois fighting Illini. But unfortunately for all of us, one more year of complete irrelevance finally led the Illinois leadership to can Champagne Santa. And also, potentially unfortunately like uh, for us, just like Sam said, Illinois made that inspired hire, getting Bielema to come over uh, and take over in the corn. But defensively, yeah, he's got his work cut out for him. Honestly, it's very difficult for me to just not jump over the Illinois 2021 preview altogether. It isn't going to matter. Almost none of the guys you see on the field this coming season for Illinois are going to be on the field the following year. Now, on one hand, you could kind of actually twist a positive out of that statement. Um, The entire Illinois linebacker corps won't be here in 2022 because the group's entirely composed of seniors this year. And some of them are pretty good. Heck, Jake Hansen 
was never going to repeat that absolute hidden horseshoe of a season in 2019 when he forced seven fumbles, but he did force two last year. The dude causes turnovers, no lie, um, and he's almost certainly going to lead Illinois in tackles too. And Owen Carney is like an outside linebacker defensive end tweener who had seven tackles for loss and five sacks last year, and he effectively represented the Illinois pass rush. So, two guys. Those two guys. How about them? Um, The rest of the Illinois defense won't be playing in 2022 because they're bad at football. Apparently, we're supposed to make an exception for cornerback Devin Witherspoon uh, because he started as a freshman and had two picks, and Illinois was eighth in the conference in pass D. Um, Despite Witherspoon's fine pre-Illinois work at Checks Notes, Hutchinson Community College, and despite the fact that Illinois won the war for his commitment over Checks Notes, UMass, and South Alabama, uh, thanks, but we'll pass. In truth, Witherspoon might be a good defensive football player. There might be other guys back there who maybe contribute somehow in some meaningful way, but we'll never know because we'd rather let strong safeties play running back so they can run for a Ben Franklin on this defense just for the fun of it because that's what playing Illinois is all about. Um, And, of course, we can have this fun because Illinois' defensive line is never even dry garbage. It's wet garbage 24-7-365. Understand, the only team in the conference with the D-line close to as bad as the Illinois line is Rutgers and maybe Minnesota. Michigan and Maryland were bad at run D because they were total messes in the back seven. When it comes to atrocious front fours, the champagne stands alone, folks. But while we're mentioning Rutgers, let's dig in here a little bit. Bielema is going to be entering year one when Shiano's entering year two at Rutgers. And one thing we mentioned in the Rutgers preview was that Shiano was assembling a frankly ridiculous 2022 recruiting class. And the reason for this is simple. A bunch of these guys are New York City area and Shiano's telling them that they're going to be starters the moment they set foot on campus. I bring this up because the whole none of these Illinois dudes is going to play in 2022 thing I brought up earlier. Well, there's no reason that shouldn't be true because literally any true freshman should be able and need to step right in for Illinois. But the 2022 class Illinois has assembled isn't remotely in the same league as the Rutgers class. It's not close because unfortunately for Brett, while he can sell plenty of playing time, he also has to sell Urbana Champagne. Good luck, friend. So enjoy the year one mulligan that we all know is coming, and uh, welcome to the rivalry. That's because offensively, I mean, they were not great. And, you know, has anything changed? Or, I mean, or how, how will they, you know, what's the, what system are they going to be using? What What's this offense going to look like? Well, if you could say anything positive about the Lovey era in Champaign, it's that Illinois was pretty decent running the ball. Out of the five years that he was there, they had one bad year, two all right years, and two frankly fantastic years. As such, Illinois could not have picked a better head coach to take advantage of the one thing Lovey left behind, and that's a really impressive offensive line room. 
So last year, the O-line made significant improvement in run blocking. They added 50 yards per game. They reduced the sack rate from over three to less than two. And just like last year, the Illini will return four starters, uh, three of whom are seniors, and some depth guys with a good amount of, good amount of starting experience here in 2021. Uh, some of these guys are legit NFL players down the road, too. Uh, their one loss from last year was a third-round draft choice to Pittsburgh this past spring. And now this, these guys get to be coached and schemed by Bielema, who is known for his offensive line focus and prowess. Um, I'll, I'll note he couldn't do anything. With, like, his offensive line his first year in Fayetteville was was horrible. So um, there's still a lot of work to be done here, but this feels like a, like a more fully formed unit that he, that he gets to springboard from. Um, I'll also note that two of his top recruits were offensive linemen, including Joshua Krutz. Um, yes, that is uh, former Bear Olin Krutz's son who went to Loyola Academy and uh, did, you know, ink with, with uh, the Illini and with Brett Bielema. So this is, I mean, this is clearly the strength of the team right now in terms of personnel on offense. It is going to be the identity of the team going forward. And in terms of scheme, Sam, I mean, I think you're going to see Illinois roll out two tight ends on most downs and uh, really try to run the ball down people's throats. I mean, that's what Bielema did at Wisconsin. It's what he did at Arkansas. It's what he does. Um, now, similarly, the running back room is is pretty deep. Uh, they had Chase Brown last year who transferred in from Western Michigan, and he was really good. He led the team in rushing, uh, averaged over five yards per carry, only three touchdowns. Um, they also had Reggie Love, who was a really hot recruit. Uh, he did not end up playing much, but he also comes back. Stunningly, you guys are going to like spit out your coffee uh, or whatever else you're drinking. Mike Epstein still goes to Illinois, and he also returns after having a pretty good season last year, where, wow. also stunning, he even stayed healthy. He only missed one game last season. He averaged six, not six, sorry, he averaged five over five yards per carry as well. Uh Josh McCray is a big body recruit that will almost certainly play four games, preserving his red shirt. But like, if this guy doesn't see the field at some point, that's going to be nuts. Like all these dudes are just going to get a ton of run. Bielema plays lots of running backs. I mean, you remember those years at Wisconsin, he he had three headed monsters where all three guys were approaching, you know, quadruple digits uh, in, in yards. Um, This is going to be the, the identity of the Illinois offense. Uh, the fact that Brown and Epstein both averaged over five last year, um, they'll also keep uh, Isaiah Williams, now a wide receiver, in the mix on jet sweeps and such. I mean, th- this means the team's not just going to be focused on on running the ball, but I think they're actually going to be pretty good at it. Um, but they're not going to be able to do it on running alone. Uh, the The QB room is hysterical, so let's go to wide receiver next. Um <laughs> Illinois loses probably their best player and best receiver in years in Josh Amaterbebe. This was the recruit. This was the the transfer from USC. Uh, his brother is also gone, as is contributor Casey Washington. And uh, they've also lost the transfer phenom who didn't play and has already transferred again in Sydney Trevon. But to their credit, in 2020, like the passing yards were. were spread out pretty evenly, especially relative to 2019. I mean, Amater Bebe was like the only guy catching passes in 2019. Last year, it was it was much more reasonable. I mean, he he had, you know, close to 300 yards, but uh, so did Daniel Barker. They're, they're, you know, they're returning starting tight end. Uh, Daniel Hightower was over 200. He's the he's the transfer that they got from Miami, who's a really good deep threat for them. He averaged 19 yards per per, per catch last year. Um, 
And like I mentioned, they've switched Isaiah Williams to, to wide receiver. I don't know how good his hands are, but he's really fast. So uh, I, I assume that they're probably going to use him more as a running threat than a pass catcher. I mean, he played in the bowl in 2019. He had, you know, three really short catches, but still like, this is a pretty good, pretty interesting group. Um, consider that they've got a good deep threat. Like I mentioned in Hightower, they've got two tight ends, not just Barker, but, um, the massive, uh, you know, tight end recruit out of Illinois who went to Georgia initially and transferred back in Luke Ford. He was, he was given, you know, dispensation to play last year immediately. I didn't really see the field, but, um, the, like the talent is legit and I'd be stunned if you didn't see both of them on the field at the same time next year. Uh, they've got the speedy raw dude in, in Williams transferring coming over from QB. And they got a few other guys with some experience. Donnie Navarro has been a contributor over the last couple of years. Desmond Dan was a, was a um, grad transfer last year in from, from central Michigan, I believe. I, like I said, I expect Bielema to leverage those two TD, those two tight ends on day one. That to me is going to be the big change from what you saw with Illinois in the past. I think they're going to just quadruple down on the run. Um, it's going to reduce the dependency on what you know is an interesting but pretty shallow true receiver group. So, like this, this could work for them. Like right, like all the components are coming together for a team that is going to be strong up front. You know, solid tight ends and can attack you running the ball. But as we know, the Big Ten's got some good run defenses, especially in the West, Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern. Um, this is the problem. And this is the problem that is going to have until he can recruit a new quarterback. It's Brandon Peters. Now, I don't want to be mean to this dude, but here's what I said last year, previewing the 2020 season. Quote, Peters is back for his senior year, and we have enough tape at this point to know that there's no reason to believe he can suddenly improve his accuracy. He was 53% at Michigan. He was 55% in 29 at Illinois. That's not good. End quote. So then in 2020, Brandon Peters completed a stunning 48.8% of his passes. I mean, it's better than Williams, who was like at 41%, but... Um, Williams can run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And actually, what's crazy, Peters did run. He was more mobile. He was more aware. They reduced the sacks that he took. He he averaged over like five yards per carry somehow. And to his credit, he threw zero interceptions. But he also only threw three touchdowns, and he was just uninspiring. Uh, and backing him up, now that now that Isaiah Williams has moved to, moved to wideout, drum roll, please. My God, is that Artur Sikowski's music? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i love this so much unbelievable unbelievable if you listen to our Rutgers preview from earlier this 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 summer i mentioned that sikowski wasn't even that bad last year but this is just funny to me to see him still here in the conference a guy that flamed out so, so spectacularly at Rutgers. um they still have matt robinson you might remember him from the aforementioned andrew marty game at the end of 2019 uh, he likely won't play at all. They they have a they have an intriguing freshman with a great name in Deuce Span. He had he had a lot he had a ton of offers. Uh, Georgia, Florida State, Auburn, Duke, Miami, Purdue, um, Coastal Carolina, Cincinnati, Maryland. P- presumably, a number of those teams didn't want him as a quarterback. I just I'd be surprised that that he came to Illinois. I think he's from Florida originally, um, but he's you know he's a three star guy. He's a six foot four dude. Um, he was with the team last year. He could vie for some time. He could be pretty interesting. Um, they have another recruit, uh, Samari Collier, who, you know, true freshman. I just, I, 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 I don't think that Bielema is going to start a true freshman when, when the whole point is I want to run the heck out of the ball and I just need my quarterback to not screw up. So 
I, maybe Brandon Peters can be that guy, right? But the thing is, is when they come up against the three good defenses in the Western Division, they're not going to be able to run the ball at five yards per clip or 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 that attack's only going to last so long. The defenses are going to dare Peters to beat him over the top, and um, I don't think that's going to go well. So here's their schedule. They uh, open up with a week zero game at home against Nebraska. Then they get uh, UT San Antonio. Then they're at Virginia. Home uh, for a Friday night game against Maryland at Purdue. Home for Charlotte. Home for Wisconsin. They get their bye week. They travel to Penn State. They're home for Rutgers. They head up to the Twin Cities to take on the Gophers. They got another bye week before they head to Iowa. And then finish off the season uh, at, right after Thanksgiving at home against the Cats. This is actually a pretty great schedule for Brett Bielema. So here's here's the thing. I thought so too. But there are a couple things that you have. I mean, so first of all, yeah, I mean, it could be way worse, certainly. Heck, we we just recently did Purdue's schedule, and Purdue's schedule is like an absolute nightmare compared to this schedule. couple things for you to note, though. First of all, really important to remember, Illinois is a really bad football team. So f- remember that. UTSA is a good football team. Like, not a good small conference football team, a good team, period. They played BYU, like, they didn't have many losses last year. One was to BYU by seven, and then they barely lost to Louisiana Lafayette in their bowl game. Both of those teams were like, what, how high did each of them get? Like, top 15 last year? Um, so UTSA is good. And Virginia was 5-5 five and five last year, but they were 5-1 and one at home, and that's where Illinois has to play them. Um, and they beat North Carolina at home. Um, and I think their only loss was to NC State at home. So, um, you know, and again, it's still not an easy schedule. But again, it's like Purdue's, I mean, Illinois is really bad at football. So, like, they need, like, a lot of breaks. But with that said, I mean, certainly, like, like the first six games on their schedule compared to any other team in the Big Ten, yeah, not a murderer's row. So, I mean, like, I... I... They, this team could theoretically go bowling. I, I I hate to say that, but like the schedule is conducive to that. Their crossovers are Rutgers, I, Maryland, and Penn State. Sure, they're at Penn State. That'll be rough, uh, without a doubt. But there's winnable I, games I, here. I I want to pump the brakes here. Okay, sure. There is the entire wing. There is an entire wing of teams last year. I think it's like five teams, six teams that share two things in common. Their offenses were kind of a mess and yet they still hung points all over Illinois because there's every other horrible defense in the Big Ten and then there's Illinois. Like Penn State put 50-something on this team. Um, And like, I think it was like Nebraska put a bunch of points on this team. Like they're... There's a list, there's this whole list of teams, like Iowa, like piled up points on this team. Teams that were offensively challenged at points so, so, like So ne- ne- Nebraska scored 23, but Illinois scored 41. Not Nebraska. Not Nebraska. Um, sorry. They were one of the exceptions, right. Um, but so, well, so here's the about- thing. So they beat, this Illinois team beat Rutgers and Nebraska on the road last year. They get both of them at home. They get a pretty bad Charlotte team at home. They get Maryland at home. Like sure UTSA, but like 
they could certainly win that game. And they have like five legitimate winnable home games. All they have to do is pull an upset at Minnesota or at Virginia or at Purdue. I think it's very plausible. It is. I'm just like, again, we have to not lose sight of the fact that like in this like mess of all these teams that are a mess, Illinois is still like at a different level. Like Illinois but do got you think they're, But do you think they're worse than last year? I don't think they're worse than last year. How? Well, I mean, I mean, I don't think that they're noticeably better. So I mean, it's like you know, except fair, except you now, now they have a coach who with a pulse. That's that's the I mean, that's the kicker. It's, 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 you're, hey, you're, it's you're, if you're banking on them winning games, you're banking on Biloma. It's it's possible. I mean, again, I'm not hating to hate, but on defense, it's Jake Hansen and nobody else. Nobody else. This team will get like app like Minnesota. Minnesota Ibrahim will rush for three hundred yards in this game. Like I don't like, and Minnesota's well, not a good well. So so team. La- last year, uh, Minnesota did rush for three hundred yards, and it was <laughs> Hanson and nobody else last year too. So like that, like yeah. So so no, maybe, I mean maybe, maybe that maybe that blows a hole in the side of my my you know bowl boat of like if Minnesota is a game that they have to win on the road on November sixth like no. yeah that's not looking so likely but I don't I know mean, like again, I, like it doesn't feel it doesn't feel implausible in the way that like it feels implausible for they, Purdue to get to six wins given how hard their schedule is it's I mean if they could start the season six and zero oh without beating a good Power Five football team. So that's, I'm that not sense, saying they're good. Yeah. I'm just saying they could win six games. <laughs> they yeah, will get invited I mean, to a bowl if they win six games. I mean, this, they've done everything they possibly can from a, a scheduling standpoint. Again, it's like Wisconsin, Penn State, Iowa, Northwestern. Like, I mean, I, there's there is no harder ceiling for any team in the conference than that. Um, but I, he, he, but I mean, I guess I keep coming back to Scuzz like. You painted the picture of a team that can run the ball potentially, right? I don't. It doesn't sound like they can throw. Um, and they no, have I don't. I don't. Th- I don't think so. But like, here's the, like, Nebraska can't stop the run. Maryland can't stop I, the I, run. Purdue I I, and and I, I, I and just, Rutgers and Minnesota like can't stop the run. I I know. I'm just like it's just so crazy because I'm like like Nebraska for example. We have pooped on the Nebraska defense so much. And that defense exists on a different planet than the Illinois defense this season. Um, they're on a whole different tier. So I'm like, there. it's just one of those things where it's just like, I there is not a team Illinois plays that will not be able to run up points on Illinois. Um, so you're really counting on Illinois' running defense, a running game absolutely going crazy. I mean, again, I'm like, Bielema is a huge upgrade at coach. I believe it. And you're totally right. Like, he might have the pieces here to kind of kickstart this thing. Um, and, and and we'll see. Um, it certainly is, you know, potentially one of the easiest schedules you're going to see in the conference. Um and again, I don't know. You know, it's. I think again, he's running up against the fact that I just don't think Illinois has got a heck of a lot here. But yeah, I mean, I, it could, I, it could with, happen. I, I'm with you. I mean, to me, I think four and eight is like the scenario I'd probably predict. But um, I just I like we talked about with Purdue. They've got such a spectrum of outcomes. Illinois doesn't have a spectrum of outcomes. It's like 
max six, you know, probably min three in my mind. Um, and they're going to fall somewhere in that very, very narrow range. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, 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 would, I would have to agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> I see them. It is. It, it's really weird to say because, I mean, I like I'm going through these games one by one and I'm like, uh, God, it's it's so hard. I'm like, because you immediately want to default to like, yeah, they could. They certainly could win each one of their first six games. And it's like, with the exception of Charlotte, they could lose every one of those games like easily. <laughs> Um, they are, there's, there's, there's certainly none of those teams other than Charlotte are they heads and tails above. I would say it's a kind of a coin flip um, in all of those situations. So yeah, I don't know. I'll say, I guess I'll kind of come in somewhere around like four and eight, three and nine and, and probably go with that. Well, gentlemen, uh, we did it. We made it through the, our summer previews. Um, we are getting tantalizingly close to the kickoff of the 2021 season Friday night under the lights at Ryan Field against Michigan State. Um, we've got one more team left to preview, and that's our own Northwestern Wildcats. We'll be back uh, pretty soon with that preview, and uh, then we'll be into game week. So uh, Last thoughts on on the on our schedule. Last thoughts on on the previews before we uh, before we go. The uh, much like last year, the 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 path is clear. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, and doesn't mean the Northwestern is a favorite. But like, there's really great opportunity for this team here in 2021. I I, I hope if I've left you all with anything from from all of my side of these previews, it is that. It is unbelievable how much focus people are putting on the pieces Northwestern has to fill in when all but like four other teams in the conference have more work to do defensively than Northwestern does. Um, It's like you're either in the club or you ain't in the club and Northwestern's in the club. That's what I want to leave you with. Well, uh, let's go ahead and leave it there for tonight. Head to our website, westlawpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at westlawpirates. And email the show, westlawpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. Look for us in the West Slot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag, because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Skousby, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.